The Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. The time has just gone by 6 p.m. It is a Thursday evening, which means it's time for us to give you the business buzz. That's your roundup of the week, our week's business, finance, and economics news right here on VOW FM. Uh, that's Voice of Vits. We're broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Mudeo Mob Justice Kavasa, and I'll be your host for the show tonight. We're going to be taking you until about 7 p.m. Who said that business can't be entertaining? Today, we're going to be here to prove that. And on today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about what personal branding is and what do you think it's about how can you grow this thing and actually you know before we get too far with the show our producers were hard at work this uh, this week and went out on the streets and asked people what do you think about personal branding and here's what some of them had to say I think personal branding is how the world views you as a person, like how you conduct yourself, how you present yourself to people, like when nobody's watching. So if I, if I come in here dressed as a, you know, as a gangster, people are going to assume, oh, he's a gangster. I think some people pursue personal branding because, you know, that's the line of work they want to go into or, you know, they want to capitalize and make money on that. So for me, it's really not necessary because I believe that, I don't know, we're evolving beings. So I don't want to say that I represent this today and not be sure whether, you know, that's the line of representation that I'd like to go through in the future. So what do you want people to think when they hear your name or when they see a picture of you? This is what we're going to be discussing today when we talk about personal branding. We're going to be talking to additional entrepreneur Miriam Maulana and personal branding facilitator Carice Anderson throughout the show. We're going to be talking first about how do you actually make money off of your brand and secondly, how do you actually grow your brand in a corporate space and, how, and what tools, tips and tricks can you use to grow that particular brand? Also coming up for the next hour, we're going to be having our business wrap uh, with our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, for the for the week's uh, roundup of business and economics news, followed by our Buffalo Index. Also remember that you can uh, follow us and join in the conversation. Uh, let us what you know about personal branding and what your personal brand is. On Facebook, we are Vow FM, that's Voice of Vids, and we are The Business Buzz as well. We have our own Facebook page, so definitely check it out. On Twitter, we're at Vow FM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz and our WhatsApp line is 0840784912. You can stream the station live. That's www.vowfm.co.za and podcasts of the Business Buzz show will be available on journalism.co.za. Make sure you keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. We're here until 7 p.m. right here on 88.1 FM. The Business, Business Buzz. Buzz. Our conversation continues right here on the Business Buzz as we talk about life in that very first job. Expect to be surprised. Expect things to be different. Because if you've built up expectations and you've got this picture in your mind that the work environment is going to look like this and your boss is going to be like that and your colleagues are going to be like this and you arrive there and it's not that way, it can be instantly quite sort of discouraging and, and, and surprising. So I think maybe do away with the expectations a little bit and go in there with a very open mind. Tips coming through from Sheila Foster who is the author of Your First Year of Work, The Survival Guide. Tune in to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only on Power FM. Business Rap with Ken Sweatman.
It's time for us to give you our business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's business and economics news. And on the line, we're joined by our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, to unpack some of those stories. How are you, Ken? I'm very well this evening, and yourself? Huh? I'm fine, thank you. In terms of the markets and the news this week, I think it would be remiss for us to go on uh, without at least touching on the enterprise scandal, which has been dominating news headlines this week. Yes, you're, you're quite right. This is a story which has had implications not only in the economic and business world, but obviously social implications, political implications. It's a story that crosses all divides of our society. And has obviously interested everybody in society. But um, from an economic and business point of view, in case your listeners don't know, Enterprise is a division of Tiger Brands, which manufactures many, many different foodstuffs, not just polonies and, and sausages and viennas and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, the, 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 I have to be honest, I haven't seen what the Tiger Brands share price did today, but yesterday it dropped by 8%. And Tiger Brands may end up being sued. It, it is possible. We, they have denied all allegations. They've denied that uh, there's proof that the, this listeriosis outbreak started at their factory, although obviously the Department of Health has indicated that it has done. So this, this story is just beginning. It's got legs, and it's going to have legs, as you say, in the industry. And... Uh, it looks like um, it's one we're going to have to watch over the forthcoming weeks and months. Um, Ken, I think the, the unique thing about the enterprise story is the fact that this is the first sort of major recall um, of food products that a company has done in a number of years. And the health implications, we know about them because of the number of people that have died so far. But from just a reputational point of view, you've spoken about how the share price lost about 8% yesterday. Um, what are some of the other uh, business implications that that, um, that enterprise and tiger brands could be facing, um, whether it's lost revenue or the cost of uh, possible litigation later on? Well, well, you've you, you hit the nail on the head. The, the, the immediate implication is lost revenue because right now, um, as far as I'm aware, most enterprise products, if not all of them, have in fact been removed from shop shelves. And in fact, uh, they're calling for anybody who has uh, enterprise products in their fridge or in their home, even if they've already used some of it, to take it back to their supermarkets and for a full refund of those products. And I'm sure the supermarkets will, in turn will, will recover their costs from um, enterprise or tiger brands themselves. So, as, yes, as you say, the immediate implication is, is lost revenue probably running into millions and millions of rands because nobody's going to buy enterprise products in the foreseeable future, I would imagine. In the In the longer term, and I'm certainly not an attorney, so um, I can't. I don't know what the legal outcome would be. But you would imagine if it is proven that uh, people died as a result of listeriosis that started in the enterprise factory in Polokwane, there could well be uh, lawsuits against uh, Tiger Brands for any financial losses uh, by the families of the people who died, uh, for medical bills, funeral costs, and, and loss of, of, of breadwinners' income, all sorts of things which again, uh, 180 people died, could run into tens, if not hundreds of millions of rands. So that, that would be a longer-term implication because, as we know, in South Africa, lawsuits don't happen overnight and, and could run into lawsuits over over many, many years. So, yes, the overall financial implications for a company like Tiger Brands could literally run into hundreds of millions of rands, I believe. 
And then uh, I guess moving away from this story, uh, because we're going to be watching this story for the next couple of weeks, what else has been going on in the markets uh, as we end off the segment? Well, we, we had very interest, a very interesting move in the market on Tuesday. The, uh, the GDP figures came out at, at better than expected for 2017, and that gave the market a right kick in the backside, if I may use that term. And our markets jumped up over 2%, in fact, almost 2.5% of the JSC All Share Index on Tuesday, which is wonderful for those of us who hold investment in, in any sort of equity market investment. Dropped back a little bit yesterday, which was probably to be expected, um, uh, about half a percent drop yesterday, and approximately half a, half a percent back up again today. So overall, it has been a good week on the markets, with the, with the index up just over 2% this week. Um, you know, that has, yeah, as I said, has implications on anybody holding money in pension funds, unit trusts, insurance policies, most of which have some sort of equity holding in them. And, uh, and it's always a good sign for, for investors when, when the market's looking good like this. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was us on the line with Ken Swettenham, who is our financial expert, giving us a roundup of the week's business and economics news. The main story of the week, as you heard, is the fact that uh, there's been a recall of enterprise products. And we're just talking about some of the business implications, such as lost revenue, uh, since a lot of their products have been taken off our shelves, together with uh, the prospects of future litigation, which might come in the form of a lawsuit. And as you heard, um, the markets are performing quite well, especially with GDP figures that have come out positive from 2017. On the other side of this, we tell you the state of your 100 rand as we get into our Buffalo Index. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. More justice on the Business Buzz. We're talking personal branding today on the Business Buzz, but before we get into all that, it's time for us to give you a Buffalo Index, and that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of what is your 100 grand worth today. Uh, Elna is our executive producer and she's got some information for us. Yes, as always, because I love this feature because sometimes on the Business Buzz, uh. we talk about the big bucks. We talk about, <laughs> you know, the one day when you buy your house, yeah. but we've all got... At least after, at least after like payday, we yeah. have a hundred bucks somewhere. Yeah. And maybe this month you want to use it to really invest in yourself, invest mm, in mm, your personal mm. brand. Yeah. So I went and I wanted to find out how far can that get you. And online is one of the main spaces, of course. And you can get sponsored ads on Facebook and Twitter. Maybe you're not even a business. Maybe you just want more friends. And you say, <laughs> I'm going to buy some Twitter ads. Say, Alna needs friends. I mean, it's possible. You can do that if you like. Or like, look at how how cute my cat is. Uh, you yeah, could yeah. do that if yeah, you wanted to. True. And right? you never know how many people might like your cat. <laughs> <laughs> true. So, for that, I can't give you exactly how far your 100 Rand is going to get you because in fact Facebook and Twitter they work very much with your budget yeah so if you say I'm willing to do a hundred rand and I want people in Joburg to see my cat yeah then they'll say okay we'll give you this many views for this amount of time okay so it always kind of kind of depends okay but one thing that you can do for just under 100 rand, for 97 rand once off, you can get a domain registration for a personal website. Oh, okay. That's a pretty good thing. I actually did this mm. a little while ago. Yeah. I bought www.alnaschutz.com. Oh, I like There's nothing that. on there, but it, I own it. Mm. So I thought, As hey, I was about to head on to alnaschutz.com. Yeah, don't go there. There's <laughs> nothing there, but I own yeah. it. So if I become famous tomorrow. Yeah. 
you can't you can't buy that. Okay, cool. So that's a good start. Mm-hmm. And then you know you can pay about forty bucks a month for a professional email address. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. looks nice. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you might want to do is get those nice corporate shots. Yes. You know you yes. know the ones. Your profile picture needs to be. Yeah, yeah, with your suit, and mm. you never look straight at the camera. Have you noticed? It's always like a side, <laughs> yeah, off to the like side, a side yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for that, there are professional photographers that are going to do a specific corporate shoot with you for yeah. five hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, but it is only fifteen minutes. Oof. Like you so can do mean, this in your lunch break. So if my if my math serves me correctly, that means for our buffalo, mm. it's about three minutes. Yeah. So you <laughs> you better be looking really on fleek because you have exactly three minutes <laughs> for that one winning shot. So those are some of the things that you can do for your hundred bucks. But the great thing with this one is there are a bunch of things you can do for yeah. free or at least minimal minimal cost. So of course having you know great Twitter interactions, you know, being out there on a blog or LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You can start blogging. You can even start a podcast with relatively simple tech. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, you're everywhere. Mm. Or your cat, if that's if that's the personal brand you're going for. <laughs> so that's so that's the state of our hundred rand this week. Exactly. If if you want to if you want to brand yourself, these are just some of the little things that you can do for yourself. But I like I like the the last bit because uh, in in pushing your hundred rand, you can actually do a lot of things for free. Mm. That's that's the thing. Then you can keep it for your daily charts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, on the business guys we love spending. It's, it's, a, it's a real thing. Spending a hundred rand on, yes. on daily charts. Definitely. So there you go. Definitely. So on the other side of this, we're going to be talking to some uh, personal branding experts, people that are either making money from their personal brand or people that are empowering others to further their careers using their personal brands. So definitely make sure you keep it locked. This is Business Buzz. The, the Business Buzz. So, you can uh, join in the conversation with us on Facebook. That's Vowel FM Voice of Vits. We also have our own Facebook page. That's The Business Buzz. On Twitter, we're at Vowel FM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. It's time for us to get to our main topic. We're talking personal branding. And we're talking about what does you, your image say about you? What do people think about when they hear your name or see your picture? Or what type of uh, image is invoked when people are interacting with you? We, as I said earlier on, our producers were out on the street finding out from uh, our people what do you think about this here's what more of you had to say so what I think personal branding is is um, really how you dress or how you present yourself to people that's how you articulate yourself how you dress I don't want to say your personality as much but the, the way you interact with people determine how people look at you and that will then be your brand to them what they see your brand as and what you'd like your brand to be are completely different things like I know I'd like to be seen as a I don't know a calm and within myself person and um, someone who's approachable and and all those things but people might look at me and say that's not the way it is today on the business buzz as I said just now we are talking about personal branding and we're going to look at it from a number of different angles and right now we have a social influencer if I could use that term quite loosely because she does a lot of things and she's going to be telling us about how you can build a brand and actually use your brand to 
start working with other brands to grow your influence and to actually make a living. But before we get into that, I have some very interesting rules uh, for branding that come from Brian Tracy. You might know Brian Tracy as uh, one of the uh, foremost authorities on the issue of productivity and how you can uh, grow yourself in the corporate space. And according to Brian Tracy, there are eight rules of branding, especially when it comes to a personal brand. Number one, specialization. You need to find your niche. Number two, you need to provide some type of leadership. That is, you need to have authority over the niche that you have decided to go into. Number three, you need to sell your personality because at the end of the day, uh, we're not just going to take you because uh, you're boring. You know, you need to be exciting. There needs to be something that entertains us about you. Uh, Number four, distinctiveness. What is it that makes you stand out? Um, Is there a signature way in which you enter yourself, whether it's in a blog or a video? Um, Visibility. You definitely need to be seen. Uh, That's number five. Number six, utility. There must be um, some congruence between your public and private image. Number seven, persistency, uh, which just has to do with the fact that your brand needs to remain consistent. Number eight, uh, goodwill, which has to have to do with how much um, authority you're able to then gain after a certain amount of time of building yourself. So on the line, as I said, we have an influencer. Uh, we have uh, Miriam Maulana on the line. Uh, she is the founder of uh, New Kid on on the block and a number of other internet properties and she has been able to grow her brand over the last two years um, to a place where she's actually now making a living on it she is based in port elizabeth and is originally from zimbabwe how are you miriam I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, so you've just heard us uh, rattle off some of these rules of branding um, that are coming from Brian Tracy. In your view and in your opinion, how would you define one's uh, personal brand? Well, um, first and foremost, your personal brand is your trademark. It's yeah. who you are. It is how you present yourself to the world, how you market yourself online and offline. It's your dif- it's how you differentiate yourself from the stack, yeah. from everybody else. And I, I like the fact that you're talking about how, um, whether it's online or in real life, um, do you think that's a misconception about what a personal brand is? Yeah, um, for some people think that personal brands aren't for everybody. I think they're for everybody. Um, I think your personal brand is what, let's say if you're applying for a job, it's what what makes you stand out on a stack of applications for that job. So it's online and offline and not necessarily just who you see on Instagram or who you portray yourself to be on Facebook. It's just who you are. It's centered on your personality, your strengths, your weaknesses. So it is both online and offline. So basically you're saying that we all have a personal brand. It's just that some of us are more aware of them or not. Yes, we all have a personal brand and um, we actually all need to work on highlighting what our personal brands are because it's it's what it's what could make you succeed um, if you're in the corporate world. So personal branding isn't just for Instagrammers or YouTubers or bloggers. It's for even people that work in companies. Yeah. So everybody has a personal brand. Okay. Um, just so that our, our audience and our listeners can actually get to know you a bit better, what is uh, the Miriam Maulana brand? 
<laughs> That's a very loaded question. We could be here for a very long time. Well, uh, Miriam Olana is a <laughs> a skin health beauty enthusiast. Um, I heard you talking about niches earlier on. Um, I've I've troubled to choose a niche. I guess it's because I've decided that Miriam is the niche. I think there's so many factors to my life that I can't possibly choose just one part of me to share in the world. Um, so my ups and my downs, I believe in sharing all those things. So if I have a love for hair and I have a love for food, I believe um, I have something special to share in all those categories. So yes, I am a health, beauty and lifestyle blogger and YouTuber. My YouTube channel focuses more on natural hair because I love my natural hair. I think it has been one of my biggest ways of expressing myself and my brand. Um, I also do digital marketing. So I am an online um, entrepreneur, I guess I could call myself. I like that. An <laughs> a on- digital entrepreneur. I like that. An online and digital entrepreneur. And I think it's a yeah. nice way to segue to our next question because we know that uh, specifically in the digital space, because that's where you are operating, uh, there's a lot of uh, hullabaloo that's made about having a lot of followers. Um, but what does it actually mean if you have 20,000 Instagram followers, if you have a million subscribers on YouTube, all of that stuff? How have you been able to translate um, your brand online into an actual living? Like, how are you actually living off of your digital properties? Well, um, for starters... I like listening to podcasts and reading a lot and also to listening to people that have been in this industry for longer. And the one thing that you will find is that you need to be one, authentic. So you need to honestly, honestly think about who you are as a person. What is it about Miriam that separates her from this? I think sometimes when you start your life on the digital space, like if you find there's a part of, there was a point in time where everyone's Instagram started to look the same because we all people always <laughs> thought that if you have like a gray uh, filter on your pictures, that's what makes you succeed. But that's not necessarily it. Um, if we had a line of denim jackets, we aren't all going to choose the same denim jacket. Yet it's denim, right? It's just denim, but we all choose different things. And that's exactly how it goes with personalities. There are certain personalities that draw certain people towards you, and that's how it is on the digital space. So you need to be authentic, and you need to identify what your uniqueness is, what your uniqueness is, and also what your strengths are. You need to be an authority in that field, and you need to own the space. So if you decide that makeup is what you love, and makeup is what drives you, it's what you're passionate about, study as much as you can about. Uh, about makeup, uh, become an authority, understand the trends, and also share those things. Be willing to teach other people and be yourself whilst you're doing it. So if nude lips are what you are all about, don't do red because <laughs> Miriam is doing red. Because I might be drawn to the fact that you're all about nude lipstick instead of, you know, the purples and the greens. And the purple and greens are what you're about, there is somebody who's going to be drawn to that and not necessarily the nude. So don't go for what everybody is going for. Go for exactly what you love, what... um what highlights the goodness in you and what you're an authority in. So you need to be an authority, you need to um, own the space, and you also need to work hard at it. It's not, if there's one thing that, if you're going to go into digital um, entrepreneurship, 
thinking you're going to wake up tomorrow a superstar or rich, then don't get into it. <laughs> you need to work really hard at it for a very long time. And sometimes in, I might actually not make money in blogging. You'll find that you'll end up making money writing for magazines instead because they understand that you're an authority. Yeah. You'll find that you might end up working in PR <laughs> and not necessarily as a blogger because they know that you understand this space. So... Um, I think you need to under people need to understand that you will have to work hard at it. You need to be consistent. You need to treat it like any other job. Yeah. So um, I think those are the factors that I think you really need to focus on. Yeah, I like the fact that you're not talking about the different aspects uh, where you end up finding yourself that you might not necessarily um, just be sticking to, um, let's say, making the videos online or just blogging, that you might be called in by brands to do uh, pieces and help them with marketing. So what does the day of a, of a social influencer look like in terms of uh, in terms of business? What does your day look like? Pardon? Um, as as an influencer, because you said you need to treat this as a job, um, what does the typical life of an influencer look like in South Africa from a business point of view? Well, you spend a lot of time on your laptop. <laughs> um, first, first, well, I'm going to talk about me because, well, that's my best example. Yeah. Um, I work from home. So normally what I've decided to do to make sure that I don't, find myself slacking or I don't end up waking up and watching series the whole day, you know, Netflixing and chilling. <laughs> I wake <laughs> up every single morning and um, I set up a structure. So if the first thing that I do is to reply to my YouTube comments um, that people might have left because, you know, we have different time zones. So I do have followers that are outside of, um, outside of Africa and we're in completely, completely different time zones. So I wake up and I reply and I reply to all my social media comments and, and, and questions. And then they say around about 9 o'clock, I will say now this is when I start editing the content that needs to go up. Be it today or tomorrow, I set a time to say, let's say from 9 till 2 o'clock, all I am doing is editing. And then I know that from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock, I am filming or I am creating content and I'm doing photography. So I set it up, I structure it in such a way whereby I have working hours. My working hours are going to be every single day from 7 so uh, six o'clock, I will then say like in any job, you'll know, maybe you have morning meetings. So my morning meetings are usually emails and um, Skype calls. So all of that, that's what I do first thing in the morning because that's when people are really doing that. Around about three o'clock, no one wants to be talking that kind of business. And then I know that the sun is better after after two o'clock because it's not right in the center. So shadows and all that, you don't have to worry about that. So it makes it so much easier for me to film under natural light without worrying about um, the changes in lighting in my room. And also when I do my photography, I know that I'll have the perfect light. It's, it's not too harsh and it's not too dark. So from about three, four o'clock, I can start doing my Instagram photography. I can uh, schedule it. at least those posts that I need scheduling that are either um, related to blog posts or to videos that are going to go up in the near future. I would rather do it on a certain day so that I can schedule that and I don't have to now uh, try and run around and do it when uh, when I need it, if that makes sense. No, no, it really does. And so, it actually highlights the fact that there's a lot um, that actually goes into what you do. Yeah, there is. Like, I mean, like I was saying that you need to be an authority in the field. So for me, naturally, is what I do. Um, it's what I love. I, I I spend hours and hours and hours researching on hair care regimens. And I know it sounds 
insane. But <laughs> you'd be surprised how many YouTube videos that I watch on natural hair, what works, what doesn't. I even have books that are bought on Kindle that talk about the structure of natural hair. So that when I come and I write a blog post about uh, how to moisturize your African hair in, an Af- in, in this continent, it's very different when you are moisturizing your hair in Southern Africa or and in Northern Africa. Or, our climates are different. It is very hot and dry here, whereas in other parts of the world it's humid. So that means that you will care for your natural hair differently. But I need to know that in order for me to go on YouTube and say, oh, so guys, what you're going to need to do is put your hair with water. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to give people information that they're never going to be able to use. Well, that doesn't really help them. And I don't want to be that. I want to make sure that when I tell them that something works, it works. And I try it on myself first. So you'll find if I get AK products, I'll use them for a week, two weeks before I can even talk about them. And if I don't like them, I don't talk about them at all. Because the one thing that I don't want is to create an environment where I talk about things that don't work and you try them. And then, you know, think about it like any other company. If they told you that something works and it doesn't, like if it was a slimming pill that they told you that works and it doesn't work, you know, it's bad for the brand. So you need to really, really be an authority. You need to work hard at it. You can't just wake up one morning and decide, oh, well, so you can just spread your hair. That's not really how it works. And that's what uh, differentiates from the successful people online and those that aren't. I think we have time for one more question. And I like the fact that you ended off the last answer with uh, the issue of what actually makes someone successful. So on a parting note, uh, because I know this is probably one of the questions on everyone's mind is how does someone actually grow their brand? Um, whether it's in a it's in a digital space, in a professional space, how does someone actually um, grow their brand to a place where they can actually leverage it and actually create a product from it? Well, for starters, I don't. So you know how you find a lot of people buy in they buy um, follow they buy followers on the internet. Yeah, don't do that. Leave that. <laughs> uh, it's not about how the millions of people that you have that follow you it's about how much influence you have and I guess that's why people use the term influencer like when when I talk about lipstick in comparison to when there's a lovely YouTuber that I know her name is Cynthia Bebo when she talks about lipstick there's a difference she has more influence and that is because she is an authority in that so put in the work like you don't wake up one day and be an engineer people work hard for that they study for that like I watch Gary V's videos he's like a an online <laughs> guru of sorts. And he will tell you that the problem with our generation is we're waiting for something to happen tomorrow. You need to put in the work. Like, in what world do you think you're going to have overnight success when people have been working at something for decades and decades and they're truly mastered it? What differentiates Mark Jacobs from all the rest is he is an authority. Like, you know you can trust what, what he's giving you in comparison to whatever other brand that you would like to put beside him. So that's exactly what you need to do to be able to leverage what you are doing. Mm. So think about it as any other business. For Apple to finally come to you and say, listen, you can buy an Apple phone or a Samsung phone, they needed to put research into it. To put research into it, they needed to put uh, effort into it. They needed to put time and energy. So do the same if you really want to be a brand that makes money. You need to invest. In, the, in this brand. If you were a company, you would have to invest R&D, time, um, work. So do the same. Give them the hours and it will pay one day. Not tomorrow, but eventually it will pay. And how do people actually find you on social media? 
Well, you can find me on Instagram as New Kid on the Block blog. On Facebook, it's also New Kid on the Block. And then YouTube is just my name, Miriam Ulana. But just to make it easier, you can look for me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Miriam Ulana. And my name will definitely pop up. And YouTube. Thank you so much. That was us talking to Miriam Maulana, who is a social influencer. Uh, you heard New Kid on the Block right there. You need to definitely go and check it out. Some interesting points coming in, and I think the biggest takeaway is the fact that you can actually, um, you have a brand, whether you know it or not. And if you want to actually use your brand to grow it in a professional sense, in a social sense, in a digital sense, you actually need to put in the work, mind your brand, and actually put in the work to actually become an authority on the other side of this we're going to get into um, some coaching around personal branding so definitely make sure you keep it locked this is the business buzz on the business buzz so we're talking personal branding right here on the business buzz today we just came from hearing from uh, miriam maulana who is uh, the founder of a uh, new kid on the block young lady i actually watched her actually starting her career a couple of years ago started with the blog um, and then she she focused more on natural hair and now she's uh, she's become a bit of uh, an authority on the issue uh, but right now we're gonna move on to the second part and we're now talking about how do you actually grow that brand and what uh, what does your brand actually say about you and we're looking at it more in the corporate setting but before we get into our next interview because we have Carice Anderson uh, who is uh, in the studio with us um, I, I thought we would hear from this one uh, young lady about what her thoughts on personal branding are. I think it would be a good place for us to, for us to begin our conversation. People have different perspectives on that. So for her, she can look at image and all that. I may look at personality. So remember that just because somebody is outgoing doesn't mean that, oh no, we're going to pick you on the crowd because you have a great personality. So many people fake it till they make it. And sometimes people tend to forget that it actually does catch up to you. So for instance, we were talking just now about Instagram, for instance. When you look at people, they have all these fancy holidays, fancy lifestyles. But you don't know how that person got those lifestyles. There's also this lesser life where some girls are blessed by guys and they just drive fancy things just for the sake of doing favors to somebody else. Meanwhile, some other girls are actually working very hard and they actually worked hard for what they have. And all these fake things in societies, bags and all. So I guess personal branding for me is based on image and personality. As they say, a first impressions count. But I think that we need to lean towards more of personality because with, just because somebody is not dressed apart doesn't mean that they're not worthy of taking that part. Our guest in studio has a lot of experience in the field of personal branding in a corporate setting and has worked in different roles um, doing this, including previously being the professional development manager for the Johannesburg office of McKinsey and Company. So in studio, we have uh, Carice, uh, who is also the founder of Adore Hair and Beauty and is active in empowering women in the natural hair sector. She also currently does leadership coaching and has an MBA from Harvard Business School. How are you, Carice? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm fine. Thank you. For us to begin, I'd like to refer to the young lady who just uh, spoke mm. just now and just ask right off the bat, in terms of personal branding, is it about faking it until you make it? Because <laughs> <laughs> No, it's fake it until you are it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think personal branding, you know, if it if you want it to be last long lasting, I think it has to be authentic. Yeah. You know, so fine if you want to, you know, get a bunch of followers on Instagram and that's the hot new thing. Like, that's amazing. But mm. 
you know, it's like it's like for me, it's it's like getting married. You know, I don't just want to get married. I want to stay married. Yeah. And I think getting married and staying married or having a brand and maintaining a brand are two very different things. Mm. And I look at somebody like Oprah. I just think she has so much integrity and that's why people trust her so much. Yeah. Because she hasn't, you know, endorsed products just to make money. Kind of like the Kardashians, even though I love them and I've watched all 14 seasons of their show uh, and all the spinoffs. Yeah. But I think, you know, I just saw Chris was on Instagram with this. She's holding up some product. And I'm like, do you really do you really use this? Do you really believe in this? Mm. You know, and I think the integrity that, you know, Oprah has shown through her career. That's why there's that level of trust. And I think that's why her career has lasted the way that it has. And yeah. that's that's what I'm looking to do. So I guess it's all about what your objective is. And in terms of what your objective is, uh, we're going to switch over to the corporate space because a lot when it comes to personal branding, I find that um, a lot of the examples we tend to use are of people that are in, in the public eye mm. or people that uh, have public profiles. Right. But in a corporate setting, I think mm. maybe it's a bit of a con- misconception that you can help us walk through. Mm. Is it not just about the work that I do? Like, if I'm delivering the results, is that not enough for me to advance in my career? Unfortunately not. (laughs) I I wish I could tell you differently, but, you know, it's not just about the work that you do, but do people know about the work that you do? Right? And all of the little things that surround the work, you know, how you dress. Yeah. Do you show up on time? Um, You know, how you communicate in different settings, you know. Mm. In some places, in the consulting space, a lot of times they also want you to contribute to the office. So do you do extracurricular activities that help build, you know, the office? So, you know, you have to understand the environment that you're in and see, like, what matters in that space. And then you have to think about how do I live up to those in an authentic way, in a way that resonates with me. Because if you do it in a fake way, you're not going to be able to really connect with people and you're going to wonder why and it's that because nobody's going to tell you that you're fake mm. they're just there's just going to be some sort of wall between you and this other person mm. some energy yeah and it's i think it's inauthenticity mm. i really i really really do um and i think black people especially get a lot of bad advice before they go into the corporate <laughs> space <laughs> from our well-meaning um Uh, parents and uncles and aunts and cousins, you know, that have either never worked in that space, you know, but they want you to do well. So they're telling you what they've heard. And oftentimes I think it's, it's bad advice. Like this whole idea around, you need to keep your professional self and your personal self completely separate. Like this, this wall between the two, it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. People, you know, want to, they want to know that they can trust you. There's no way they can trust you if they only know the work side of you. So in terms of that work side, because we've already established that it's not just about the work that right. you do, it's about do people know what you're doing? Exactly. So now the question is, how do you let people know what you're doing? Mm-hmm. What if I'm just uh, one of those data capturers and, yeah. my, and my job is to just take, let's say, forms and just putting in, mm-hmm. how do I let the rest of the office or the list of the department know that, listen, guys, that data capturing like I <laughs> am doing... <laughs> I think there's subtle ways to do it. Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. When I was leaving McKinsey, a, a friend of mine said, you know, you're leaving McKinsey, kind of what's what's your plan as you exit? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to leave. Like, I, <laughs> I've turned in my notice. I'm leaving. She said, no, I think you need to put together a presentation that outlines all the things that you've accomplished. I was running a leadership program there at the time. Yeah. All the things you've accomplished in those three years 
in that leadership program, put it on paper and send it to the office leadership. And that's exactly what I did. And they, I sent it to three people, uh, the guy running the Africa office, the guy running the Joburg office, and I, I believe one other person. And they all responded and said, wow, this is amazing. You know, because the thing is, if you don't tell people what you're doing, they honestly, most people are so wrapped up in themselves and their own issues. They're not thinking about what you've done. Yeah. So you do have to tell people, you know, and you do have to remind people, you know, on some levels what you're doing, because otherwise they won't know. Hmm. And then the other issue because mm. this corporate thing seems to be quite a quite a tricky one yeah, and um, and I would like to allude back to something that you said earlier on where you're talking about um a separation between your your sort of your private life and let's say your work life is there a difference between the two one should there be a difference between the two because you often hear some people saying no if you want to be silly on your instagram and it's not at work do mm. your thing <clears throat> but if you're in a, in a in a professional setting we don't want you know to see that side of you or anything like that so how do people you know do that balancing thing well i think you have to understand what are your company's rules around social media Okay. So I feel like when I when I was at McKinsey, their biggest issue was don't talk about clients, don't talk about anything that's going on in the firm. So outside of that, I felt like I could go wild. Yeah. You know, but you got to understand if you're in a corporate setting and you feel like people are going to be judging you based on what's on your Instagram, then then you need to think twice or you make it private. Mm hmm. You know, um, but I think in terms of kind of going back to the beginning part of your question, the separating the personal and the professional, you know. I just think it's really, really important to let people in a little bit on who you are. Just a little. Just not. a little bit. Like, <laughs> you don't have to come in there and tell people your whole life story and every tragedy yeah. that's ever happened to you. But, you know, find you need to find something in common with people. Maybe it's hobbies like sports or, I don't know, bike riding. Whatever it is, find something that you can talk about with people mm. that is not work-related. Yeah. You know, because the thing is, you don't... It's like if you if you had a friend who was working for you, you would not just judge that person's work based on just the work. It would all you'd be looking at that work through the lens of your friendship. Yeah. And you probably give that person a little bit more of a break because you're like, you know, I really like Tabo, so I'm gonna help him with these issues. <laughs> but if you don't know Tabo, if yeah. you know nothing about Tabo and all you have is his work product to judge him by it's a bit tough. It's a bit tough. And and you know, you're probably gonna judge Tabo much more harshly. Because you're only looking at him through the lens of the work and not through a little bit of the lens of friendship and the connection that the two of you have built. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I think it's important. I think uh, one of the things that our listeners might now be asking themselves is, in a corporate setting, what are some of the ways that one's brand is actually mm. being judged? Mm. Um, you know, because when you're in office space, unlike social media where we can be like, okay, people are using filters and the number of followers, etc. When you're in a corporate space, um, I'm guessing that you're, how you dress, how you speak, all of that stuff. Tell all us. of it, Yeah. Everything you're saying, plus, you know, showing up on time, delivering your work on time, communicating if it's going to be, you know, if your work's going to be late or asking for help. Don't wait till the last minute. You know, something's due at five o'clock and you come at 459 and say, <laughs> I need help. Like, <laughs> it's a little bit too late. Yeah. Um, 
I think also, you know, I, I noticed also in the consulting space, because sometimes, you know, you're doing business development work mm. to help get new clients. And sometimes people would say, well, oh, this business development work doesn't really matter, so I don't have to give my everything. Mm. You know, I only have to give my everything when I'm on a client study. It's like, no, give, because the people that are, are, you know, working on this proposal that you're working with, they might want to take you on that client engagement. But if you do a bad job on the business development work, they're not going to want to take you. Mm. So you don't, don't put any sort of separation or hierarchy in terms of which work is more important than the other do well on all of it you know and i think like you were saying how you dress how you speak how you deliver do you go the extra mile or do you just do barely enough to 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 get by and to not get fired mm. so i think those are the things that kind of separate the men from the boys and the, the women <laughs> from the girls shall we say yeah okay and so for young people out there, because mm -hmm. uh, typically, you know, we offer this yeah. towards the young people. <clears throat> what should young people know as they get into the workplace about yeah. their brand or making themselves be viewed as that dependable person or yeah. that reliable person or someone who can actually get things done? Yeah, so I think really giving some thought to what is it that you want to be known for? Okay. And I mean, I think I heard on a piece of the segment before about deciding like what do you want to be distinctive at um, and trying to also think about what can you be consistent at as well mm. so figuring out what do you want your brand to be and then you know I mean if you're really really bold you could ask people around you what do you think my brand is because oh, wow. you need to establish is there a gap between who you think you are and what you want to be <laughs> <laughs> and who you actually are in reality <laughs> So, I mean, you know, you could ask professors or people that you studied with or friends of yours, you know, if you had to tell me what are my strengths and weaknesses, what would those things be? And then you can start to see, okay, there's a big gap between who I think I am and what I want to be and what I actually am. Yeah. And then you need to get together or create an action plan and think about how do I start to close that gap. Hmm. Off air, uh, before we began, mm -hmm. one of the things we're talking about is that you are helping uh, a lot of uh, small businesses, yes. um, whether it's business development, all mm -hmm. of that stuff. Should small to medium enterprises be caring about branding? I'm, I'm saying that because we've had mm -hmm. a lot of young people coming through the show um, that have started, that are starting, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's a bad company, whether it's a consultancy, mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. people have an app. Is that something that should be the reserve of the big corporates? Because now we're we're shifting it. Because when you're a small business person, usually you are the business. Right. Right. <laughs> No, I think branding can start from the very, very beginning. Mm. And it doesn't, and I think sometimes people confuse like having a brand with having a logo, you know, uh, or having brand colors. Yeah. For me, it's about what is the experience that you're creating for your customers? What emotions are you, you know, kind of ev evoking? in your customers when they think about you or think about the services that you provide. That's mm -hmm. really what, and that's what a personal brand is too. What do you want people to think about you when you're not in the room? What do you want them to say about you when you're not there? And then you need to live your life in a way that is consistent with how you want to be viewed. And it's the same way with customers. Like I'm starting a business and, you know, I do little things like when I'm mailing people products, I put a handwritten thank you note in there. Mm. You know, it doesn't cost very much, but I think it shows people she's gone a little bit above and beyond to to demonstrate that she appreciates the fact that I'm I'm supporting her business. So I think there are little things that you can do. And obviously once you become, you know, 
a multimillionaire, you become Kanye Dlomo, then you can spend a whole <laughs> bunch of money yeah. on all kinds of branding and, you know, fancy, fancy colors and presentations. But I think you can do little things as you build the business. And it's better to have, you know, 100 customers that love you than 50,000 that think you're okay. Yeah. So when does someone, whether they're an individual or a business, say, okay, we need Carice to come in and help <laughs> us now? I think it could be any point. I mean, I'm working, you know, with three businesses right now that are in kind of very different places. But I think, you know, the work that I'm doing, like I kind of spoke with you off air, is not just around the personal branding space, but also leadership. Mm. You know, because the bigger your company gets, you can't do everything yourself. So you ha you can only achieve, you know, more through other people. So how do you lead those other people? How do you not just create followers, but also create other leaders? Yeah. So those are the kinds of conversations that I'm having with people that are a little bit more advanced in their business versus somebody who's just who's just starting out. Yeah. Lastly, mm -hmm. you are a natural hair advocate. Until uh, <laughs> the day I die. <laughs> and uh, the founder of Adore Hair and mm. Beauty. How? What steps have you taken from a branding point of view? Have you taken in ensuring that um, it's separate from any other, either people that are doing the same thing or any mm -hmm. other type of products? How have you tried to separate your brand? I'd say a couple things. I mean, first of all, you know, if you go on my website, you can see that my product offering is really expansive, probably more expansive than any other you know, natural hair business that I've seen in South Africa. Mm. So I'm not just doing products, but also combs, brushes, spray bottles, towels. I'll sell books and dolls and anything that really kind of, you know, endorses natural hair. I think the second thing is I've put my own personal hair story on my website, mm. which I haven't seen a lot of other... Um, websites do and I just think it's important because you know and it's so funny because somebody I showed my hair story to they're like this is really long I was like I don't trust a woman a black woman who doesn't have a long hair story because our hair, our hair story is always complicated <laughs> so I think that and just I think also the quality of the site that I've created I think also speaks to my brand and you know hopefully we'll we'll build trust you know that I it doesn't look like I just threw it up in you know 12 hours like I actually spent I've uh, spent months on this thing so hopefully I think that also speaks to my brand and speaks to the fact that I care so much about the people that I'm serving and yeah. I wanted to give them something beautiful okay thank you so much uh, for, for coming me. to the show I, I think we've learned a lot I think the biggest takeaway is the fact that people have a brand yes everybody has a brand exactly <laughs> everybody has one whether you want to or not yeah so you might as well manage it mm. and can I say one other thing too yes, before please. we get off air yeah I love school. I have two degrees, but yeah. school teaches you nothing about, <laughs> <laughs> about wow. how to survive in a corporate space. Do you know how many African parents are it I'm telling are looking you, at you sideways right I'm now? I'm telling you. And I love the African parents. I've got some black parents myself, but yeah. it teaches you nothing. Yeah. So, guys, equip yourselves. You've got the internet and books, and you got way more resources than I had than when I came out of undergrad in 1998. Yes, I'm dating myself. <laughs> but, yeah, use those resources because being smart is not enough. And nobody's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and knight you as the chosen one. Like, you've got you've to get out there and present something to people that makes them want to choose you.
So you heard it right there. That was us in studio. We're talking to Carice Anderson, who is a... Uh, there are a lot of words that we can use to describe <laughs> what she does, whether she's a leadership expert, business develop, uh, development expert, or a personal branding facilitator. Uh, but thank you so much to her. As you heard right there, the final piece of advice, you need to equip yourself. School will not do everything for you. On the other side of this, we end off our show. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. UCT, UKZN, CUT, and VIT. Get your battle caps on. Miller Genuine Draft is introducing the MGD Fresh Up Varsity Battle. What makes your varsity fresh? Is it your next level swag, the freshest rap bars, or the coolest squads? We're challenging you to go head to head and tell us why you think you're the freshest. Enter your varsity and stand a chance to win an exclusive MGD experience. May the fresh be with you. Follow Miller Genuine Draft South Africa on all socials for more info. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. Enjoy responsibly. T's and C's apply. You're tuned in to the business bus. As we end off our show, let's hear what our final group of people had to say about personal branding. Personal branding means painting a picture of who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. Yes, um, social media is a very huge platform, uh, and a lot of people um, are building their careers, their businesses through um, social media. So it's very important to have a good social media presence. I feel like it's a way of expressing who you are in a way because what you wear can also like sort of show people who you are. Personally, I like to, the way that I dress, I like to dress as nice as I can. A lot of thoughts coming through right there. Thank you to everyone who was able to tell us their thoughts on what personal branding is. I think one of the biggest interesting things for me when it comes to the term personal branding is how a lot of people tend to associate uh, one's personal brand with social media. Yet, as we heard uh, from Carice, people, you have a personal brand whether you know it or not. And, you know, your personal brand has been existing whether you're in the internet or not. Um, lastly, uh, final thoughts from me. I think you should definitely make sure that you uh, do a lot to nurture and develop how people perceive you because it also then has to do with how people then treat you and it has a lot of knock-on effects in the rest of your life my father always says to me that a good name is better than riches i definitely believe that because it then speaks to issues of reputation right now there's a reputational issue that's going on with uh, enterprise and tiger brands uh, because of the meat recall that we spoke about at the beginning of the show in the business rap and that's actually affecting the their brand so whether people know it or not you need to take that brand and be serious about it and as you one of the things you heard is the fact that how you act actually then influences it as well whether you're a person who's on time a person who delivers work a person who dresses uh, appropriately a person who communicates well all of it is part of your business brand so that's it for the show for today uh, you can definitely make sure you keep it locked and continue co- talking to us on social media facebook we have our fm that's voice of fits we have our own facebook page that's the business bus twitter we're at vow fm uh, hashtag business bus and on whatsapp we're 084 0784912 and you can stream us live that's vowfm.co.za and remember that a podcast of the show will be available on journalism.co.za Thank you to our amazing team. Uh, that's our executive producer, Elna Schutz. Our production team with Musa, Maluleka, Lengiwezondo, and Lerato Mapela. Our technical production is done by Kutluano Serame, and some of today's audio came from audiotechnics.com. 
Don't miss the business bus. Same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. Next up on VOW FM, definitely make sure you don't turn that down. We have Life Beats with Diema and Wongi. For myself, Mudio Mob, Justice Kavaza, and the rest of the team, it's good evening and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Bus. Listen to the Business Bus every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only on VOW FM. Listen to the Business Buzz podcast on www.journalism.co.za.